Welcome to the He Said portion of the podcast, where I'm going to respond to Annie's thoughts about watching Star Wars for the first time. It's funny that this sort of quarantine has sort of forced us to do this sort of setup, because we sort of always joked that we could just rename the podcast Matt Teaches Annie Culture, because you listen to what she hasn't really partaken in. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Frozen, just a whole lot of pop culture phenomena that she's missed, which, you know, I think is kind of crazy, but then again, I'm also a kind of person that watches, listens almost to everything, so it's just really interesting to have that sort of perspective on someone who hasn't participated in the zeitgeist of these phenomenons like Star Wars. Um, Because I watched Star Wars when I was probably 9 or 10 years old. Um, It was recorded off of television at one of a family friend's house. And I just popped it in the VCR and watched it. And I was blown away. And ever since then, I've been a Star Wars fan. Uh, It's kind of hard to describe now. Sort of almost 20 five-ish years after the fact or initially drew me into it but I think it's sort of very similar to what people who saw it initially in 1977 when it came out is that I'd never really seen anything like it before even though the concept of good versus evil and all that stuff has been done before just the setting the characterization the weapons like the lightsaber was probably the coolest thing that I'd ever seen and arguably it It still is the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Um, But yeah, that's about it. And then, you know, as I got older and watched the franchise grow, like Star Wars is pretty much everywhere now, I remember when they re-released the movies in the late 90s, and that's when the additional CGI really shows its age because George Lucas altered the movies to make it, it, according to him, his preferred vision, which he couldn't do at the time because the technology wasn't available. So he did it after the fact, and it's very obvious what's been added and what's changed in those movies. And it's actually really difficult to find the original version of those movies nowadays because you can't really, you can't buy it, as far as I know. And then shortly after that, the prequel series came out. That was one of the biggest things that happened. I remember it came out in 1999. It was one of the biggest things that was going on in the entire world at the time. Just People were just waiting for this movie to drop. I remember when the first trailer came out, apparently it was in was showing in a front of a movie called Wing Commander and Star Wars fans bought tickets to see that movie and then left the theater when the trailer was over. And then the movie came out in 1999. It's a really big spectacle, but ultimately didn't feel like the original trilogy. Um, and then the next two movies of the prequel series sort of reaffirmed that that George Lucas maybe no longer had it, or he was trying to tell a story that didn't need to be told. But ultimately, it seems like the fans and the general public weren't as big on the prequel trilogy as the original trilogy and I would tend to have to agree with them because Lucas sort of went and overcorrected his possible 
what he thought was flaws in the original by going more special effects, CGI, and everything, and it just sort of took away the luster of the original trilogy, which was all practical sets, practical special effects, everything was planned and everything, the actors were actually acting with each other, not just on a green screen, talking to a tennis ball, and all that, um, and the lightsaber battles, even though they were really cool, they sort of did sort of draw out, it's like, oh, this seems like it's going on for a, a really long time, even though the choreography and stunt work was very well executed, it seemed like for characters that are supposed to be sort of like warriors, samurai, that, you know, a fight wouldn't go that long, um, and everything, and especially with how the movies ended up working out, like, there's just so many th different things going on at a time, it's cutting back and forth between four or five different plot lines, back and forth, back and forth, and you might only be interested in one or two, and you still gotta just jump between all these different things that are going on, um... But yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that Annie had never seen Star Wars until recently, because I feel like you would someone would have accidentally stumbled across it. Like it's always on TV or something. You might always have like a couple hours and be like, "Oh, well, this is on. I've never watched it. I'll watch it, and it's on TV," um, sort of thing. So it strikes me as just very peculiar that sort of anyone nowadays hasn't seen it, like, it almost feels like people are just, you'd almost have to actively avoid watching it to, like, not see it, um, and I thought it was really interesting that she was exposed to Spaceballs and really enjoyed Spaceballs without any prior knowledge to Star Wars, because that movie plays so much better knowing the story of Star Wars and the characters of Star Wars, so maybe I'm hoping that she can watch it again after seeing the trilogy and sort of getting her perspective on watching Spaceballs as actual satire, Star Wars satire and not just sort of a standalone movie that you sort of know is based off of or making fun of Star Wars. Um, so that would actually be pretty interesting for her to report back on and everything. And I didn't find it surprising that she liked Han Solo because I think Han Solo's that sort of character that everybody sort of likes because his, you know, ethos is pretty, like, looking out for himself in the beginning, which people think is really cool, and then he sort of turns into this sort of charming, you know, character who actually, you know, stands up for his friends and does the right thing in the end, um, despite sort of his steely exterior. Um, and then the, the finding out that Darth Vader is Luke's father, you know, that was a, a huge thing, it was crazy that it was even a thing, especially when it was originally released, you know, fans waited three years, they would come find this, there's no real internet or really any way to, like, figure this out, so spoiler culture wasn't probably as big, and people probably were kept in the dark for a while, so just sort of witnessing that was just probably one of the more amazing things that probably happened. Which is funny because apparently Vader is just German for father. So a lot of foreign audiences sort of figured it out way before Americans. Which is kind of funny. And what's also pretty funny is that you like the Ewoks. Um, because nobody likes the Ewoks. They were definitely seen as like 
a way for the franchise to sell toys to kids and get kids more interested in the movies where I think that really Star Wars has always been for children or young adults. I think that's sort of what I think. It's not very deep. I mean, it can be in certain things, but for the most part, the original trilogy was very black and white. These, you know, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Not a whole lot of ambiguity, which is something that you did refer to, and that is something that I would say is a flaw of the series. But I also do want to bring up the fact that I think in basing all the movies that you listed, you said you liked all these space movies and stuff, I think a lot of what happens with Star Wars is people generally think because it takes place in space and has like all these sort of crazy technology that people characterize it as a science fiction movie, or really it's just a fantasy movie that takes place in space, because there's not a whole lot of themes of science fiction in these movies. Uh, it's mostly about the battle between good and evil, the pull of the dark side of the force versus the light side of the force, you know, fighting rebellion, which is very not, you know, detailed at all. It's like these are the rebels are fighting this imperial army, but you don't really know why they're fighting um, and stuff. So it, it does, the universe does get a little fleshed out in the expanded universe and some of the newer movies, but it is still always sort of rooted in that basic fantasy stuff. Not a whole lot of science fiction-y stuff, which I think, you know, if you liked all those other movies, Gravity, Interstellar, Ad Astra, The Martian, I think what it shows is I think you just don't like fantasy, and Star Wars is just a fantasy that happens to take place in space. So, I mean, Interstellar is very hard science fiction, at least in terms of, you know, mainstream appeal got some really interesting concepts in there. They actually had a actual theoretical physicist on staff for that movie. He actually wrote a book called The Science of Interstellar, which we have at the library if you're interested in checking that out. So I think that's actually more, possibly maybe more the reason you avoided Star Wars and all these other things you mentioned you didn't you haven't participated in so long because you don't like fantasy. You mentioned The Hobbit. You're more interested in the hobbits like day-to-day -day life than like the orcs and all that stuff which is sort of like i guess you could say the bread and butter of fantasy is all this stuff that sort of tolkien popularized and a lot of other people have taken inspiration like jk rowling george rr R. martin and everything sort of like that deep fantasy you know this person son of this person king of this country or region blah 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 like very very just rooted deep in, like, history and a lot of other things, and ultimately a battle of good and evil and stuff, um, whereas science fiction deals with a lot more ambiguity and about human nature, which is something you sort of brought up, like, that's sort of what you seem to have been uh, hitting on the head, hitting with all the stuff you're talking about, like, you like the human experience, like, what does it mean to be human, like, how does this change humanity? all that stuff, and sort of, like, all that stuff makes it seem like you just prefer science fiction and not fantasy. Um, and Cocoon and Batteries Not Included, it's interesting that you, you know, you prefer those movies, but it's, but it's also because since you didn't 
grow up with Star Wars, like seeing it after you've already gotten so much other exposure to so many other things, like Star Wars doesn't seem as revolutionary now, or if you've consumed a lot of other stuff, like it just seems like a typical, like, oh, I've seen this before. And, you know, for me, since I saw it so young, like I hadn't seen it before, and a lot of people that are really big fans of Star Wars had never really seen it before either. So I think, you know, where you maybe base your experience to culture and media and all this stuff on something something else, me and a lot of other people sort of have Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise, as sort of like their backbone to pretty much everything they consume, whether they realize it or not. Because, um, yeah, my other favorite movie is Back to the Future, which I think you said you have seen. If you haven't seen, then we're going to talk about that. But, like, a lot of these things that I saw when I was young have definitely influenced how I view things moving forward. And I think they always will sort of inform me in how I do everything. No matter what I see that's new, like, I'll always be like, oh, you know, I can maybe see the inspiration from Star Wars or something and maybe always revert back to Star Wars, even though the story is quite simplistic. Just, like, the whole idea of that movie, like, the set pieces... The special effects for the time, the just like sort of like the grand scale and like epicness of this franchise is just, you know, it's sort of like it was wasn't the first summer blockbuster that sort of happened maybe the year before with Jaws, but like this movie basically pretty much solidified like the whole blockbuster tentpole franchise that basically almost the entire movie industry is basically based on now. Like there would be no. Marvel Cinematic Universe without Star Wars. There wouldn't be any of these big summer blockbusters without George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, who, you know, basically spearheaded probably the modern, you know, what we see basically all probably can come back to them. And obviously they had their inspirations as well. But probably a lot of what we're watching now is still based on that whole idea of, you know, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, you know, film school so to speak, um, which is not neither a good or a bad thing. But I think, you know, ultimately these giant movies will never sort of go away. And I just sort of hope that Star Wars keeps inspiring filmmakers to sort of swing for the fences. I think that's what George Lucas really did. He put, you know, he wasn't known as like a special effects guy, epic guy. Like American Graffiti was very small scale. His other, his original movie, THX 1138, sort of maybe had a little bit of science fiction elements to it, but that was another movie that was on a smaller scale. And Star Wars sort of just was something totally different from for him, and he just sort of went with it and just sort of created this thing that basically will stand the test of time. And I think that just quite impressive that, you know, this and just so many other things that I find that become part of the zeitgeist are just created by human beings like the imagination is pretty much limitless and it's really cool to see what people can do with storytelling and especially with the medium of film everything and how that carries over to how they're probably star wars has influenced writers and it's definitely influenced game designers and probably music as well i mean that's just another thing we can get into about the music of star wars is pretty much perfect for everything. John Williams' score is pretty much 
the go-to score for best film scores of all time. Like, even if you've probably never seen Star Wars or whatever, you could definitely pick up the Star Wars music. I mean, the music pretty much makes it from probably an okay movie to, like, an epic. Like, music is just so important to movies in general, but just for Star Wars, I can, like, you know, picture the Star Wars theme. I can picture... Darth Vader's theme, I can picture all these things, like, I don't even have to think about it, it's just sort of so iconic, and I've seen in the movies also so many times, but, I mean, a good score elevates this franchise to just such a huge, huge, like, place that not a whole lot of other movies can really, you know, hope to even get to. Um, and that's interesting, you brought up that Brad Pitt thing, because I've seen that article, I don't know if it was the exact article or whatever, but it is kind of true, because Brad Pitt is more of a character actor. He's not necessarily a bad actor, but he's definitely plays better as a supporting character or a side character. Um, and he just happens to look a certain way, and he gets sort of typecasted as a leading man when he really, I think he probably even prefers to play those smaller roles and everything. And I do need to check out Ad Astra, as I've heard it actually is really good. And speaking of music, I heard that score for that movie was phenomenal so i'm definitely looking forward to watching that movie to get some science fiction and some brad pitt in my life but it was good to talk to you about star wars and everything and i hope that you have seen back to the future and if you haven't seen back to the future then i hope that you can watch back to the future and we can have an episode on back to the future